Yeah, here. We're fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers, I'm Mike, here with... I'm Luke. Luke. Uh, we have the train whistle back, finally, after the much-requested train whistle. The, Only really by us, but the, nobody else really asked for the train whistle back. The, the train whistle is not the content you wanted. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, the train yeah. whistle is here. Uh, I don't know if it's made it to the video yet, but the train whistle is here to call bullshit, to end the long ramblings. Yeah. Um, when the conversation goes off the rails, yes, we, yeah, we we'll, and we, we rein it back the, in. Yeah, we'll rein it back in, bring yeah. it back on track. We hitch up to the caboose and yeah. pull you back. And then uh, when we leave the show, we'll give you a timely exit in a good old hoot nanny for you. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I make I make the boys throw on the coal, and we really get it hopping. Yeah, right. Um, so today there's a couple of different topics that we were interested in covering. Murder your thirst. Murder your thirst. And um, I thought that I would hand it off to Luke for the very for the first because where you want to cover this first? Yeah, I wanted to talk to you, Michael, about you have a son. I do. You know, and uh, I saw this great video the other day on my day off. It was a uh, Kevin Parker from the band Tame Impala, and yeah. he was performing their uh, hit song "Elephant," or more of like an underground indie classic at this point. Um, that good old psych fuzz res- uh, revolution. I like Tim and Pilot. They're from. Did you? I don't know. Did you mention it? They're from Australia. I did not actually. I know that they're an Australian band. Really? Yeah, they're Aussies. So he's more of a Kevin Parker. Kevin Parker. Oh, I like that. Come on, and Kevin Parker. It's it goes Boston too. Sometimes it's it's Wh- a tough one. Where are the Wiggles from? I think the uh, I think they're English. Well, here we go. They might. I don't don't. Quote me on it, but I believe they're Brits. Yes, because uh, he performed that song "Elephant" with the Wiggles yeah. live on stage. A great performance, by the way. We it, just literally just watched it. It's tremendous. Um, I highly recommend Ed anybody to watch it. If you're a Tame and Paula fan, you probably already seen it, but um, it's just um. It, oh, they're Australian too. The Wiggles. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's that Aussie love. Yep. But um, I think it's really cool because like uh, the song "Elephant" is like it's really like a psych rock classic at this yeah. point. You know of the you know that new like movement that kind of came across and the Wiggles take the song and they kind of like at least the live version. There's two versions of it. They did um, one on the like uh, a radio station like a live with full band drums, but the one that's uh, live in concert. Uh, in front of all the kids is like there's no drums it's just a clean guitar uh kevin parker comes out and he's just really um he really like just plays it like clean and um it becomes way more haunting than you ever would have imagined it would have been can i tell you i just i'm just reading this now for the first time yeah the cover reached number one on the annual triple j hottest 100 poll for 2021 yeah that's that radio station is that what that is yeah okay um, I thought it, it might have been. I yeah, if you watch the um, the Wiggles clip from them playing it on the radio station. Um, it, it, Australian Youth Radio Station. Yeah. yeah, okay, so that's what it is. It's yep. more of like a KEXP like we have mm-hmm. uh, over in Portland. But um, so like they come in and like they just did this song. And um, I guess uh, Tame Impala saw 
them do the cover and that yeah. they kind of work together and then they got to do it live in front of uh you know all Sorry. the kids and in, in uh in front of like a wiggle show but it just came across like so haunting because there's no drums and the guitar is clean yeah so, it's like, very it's 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 like it's like Sergeant Pepper Z almost at times. Yeah, it's like beat. It's, it's like Octopus's Garden esque. Especially it's like yeah, the boom 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 boom. boom. <laughs> yeah, that stuff like and it's like they're in like these elephant masks and stuff, and they're kind of like lumbering around and stuff in the background. Like it's really it. Yeah, there's it is, like there's people like dancing, but there's no drums, so it's like crazy. Yeah, it's to see people dancing to no drums. Yeah, that is that is a weird right. It's yeah. like it's it's like unsettling. It's it's so cool. Um, <laughs> it none... is really unsettling though, because you want like you think, oh, at some point the drums are going to kick in, and they just never do. No, so you're like kind of like uh, it's you feel a little uncomfortable about it. Like yeah. you're kind of like, ooh, it makes you feel a little tight, you know. But it's um, it's, it's, it's very like, good. It's like brilliant. How, like it's stupid how like brilliant it is, you know? Yeah, because like you wouldn't think of like the Wiggles to do anything that like has like. You know, Wiggles make little kid fun music. Not yeah, like, right, right. But you're like, oh, that's somewhat haunting. Like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and um, it doesn't seem like any of the children in the audience are enthused at all that this is happening. I would imagine that the the minute that they kick in a fruit salad, the kids are probably like, oh, okay, finally a song I know. And then they only just play like the chorus from it, and then they go back into Elephant. <laughs> you're like, wait. Well, a that's minute. the cool thing. They yeah. they uh, mix it with fruit it salad. Yeah, it's, it's like, like fruit salad. salad. And then it just goes back to the yeah. It's very, it's a very cool cover. I just thought it was like it was interesting to, you know, and bring to the forefront here and a little bit. It was fun. It was fun. You should definitely check it out. If you have kids, you should definitely, you know, have them watch it. It's a good, it's a good moment you could have. Yeah. Crossing generations, crossing lines. Yeah. Speaking of, so to to move the. The conversation forward. Speaking of uh, live performances, that in contrast, I felt a little bit underwhelmed by was, and this is kind of old ish news. I think this happened like a week and a half, two weeks, maybe like two weeks ago, more like. But Machine Gun Kelly goes on Howard Stern's show and he performs the System of a Down song, Aerials. I don't want to interrupt you, but this cookie was a big mistake. Yeah, what are you doing? It's so, it's like... Well, you better get to murder in that thirst. <laughs> oh, I fully, yeah. There you go. Please continue about yes. Machine Gun Kelly performing the song Aerials on the Howard Stern, Stern program. Yeah, I don't, I mean, like, I watched it, I, um... And I just, I had some conflicting sort of feelings about it in the way where it's just like, well, some of my favorite bands have been bands that change and morph into different things and like oh this is so-and-so's period and this is so-and-so's period you know what i mean well a band you just referenced you know the beatles yeah the beat right exactly the beatles yeah so that's why like i look at it i I don't know i think it's just because the like i respect the leap but did he stick the landing i just don't know machine gun kelly yeah does he stick the landing so here is the his pop punk material, I find it to be not that bad, and yeah. this is why. I'm he, not a huge listener, mind you. I'm like a novice when it comes to Machine Gun Kelly himself. Well, a, I've li- I've heard stuff. But. Let's get down to the nitty gritty here, because yeah. like I think that pop punk is kind of for it's for kids, kind of not kids. 
but it's for like teens. Yeah, it's for younger people, though, young right. adults. Young adults. He's yeah. 32. It's got like a um you know, pop punk kind of has this like childlike the warp tour. It's it's yeah. bl- it's Blink-182 running naked in the streets yeah. with the frat boy connotations to it. So, I feel like his pop punk music isn't that off from the like the cuz he was like a warp tour rapper, you know? Yeah, so he had more. He had more of like an edge to him. It wasn't like, like traditional rap. I feel like he came up with like the three hundred threes of the world. Remember three hundred three? No, I don't remember three hundred. Yeah, you do. They sang the Helen Keller song. <sighs> Shake your lips, do the Helen Keller, and talk with your hips. You don't remember that band? Uh, I think I do. I don't know. They were huge. I'll have to listen to the song. I'm sure like I would recognize it if I actually heard it. Huge when I was in high school. Yeah. So I think he came up with like the kind of pop rap, even though you know what I mean. Even yeah. though it's like yeah. it wasn't really. So to that, I think he's also part of the generation where everything is everything. So yeah, that's true. I, like you, because like he's performing with Willow Smith now a lot. Like mm-hmm. she's in like one of his like pop punk songs. I think the song's called "Emo Girl." Okay, that sounds and, familiar. Like, but Willow Smith was like when I was in high school, back when he was like starting rapping. She was like. I my hair back yeah, see, I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember that. And it was that. like really like dancey hip hop music. Yeah. Right? Where now, even Willow Smith, I heard a Willow Smith song on a TikTok the other day, and I was like, oh, huh. where it's more um, structured out, yeah. like yeah. melodic, um, yeah. uh, somewhat based in the Beatles, right? In some kind of way. Not saying that she sounds like the Beatles. But, yeah. You know, let's not. We're talking about Machine Gun Kelly here. Yeah, we, yeah. We're, while we're we have a wall of arrows behind. <laughs> I know. Don't worry. The, the 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 dots will connect at some point tonight. Get your wings. Get your wings. Um, but yeah. So I feel like he kind of has like a he's in that thing. But here's the deal. The co- like, do you do you feel like? Because here's the direct comparison: is did you listen to? I can't think. Post Malone during the um. COVID lockdown, play all those Nirvana songs? No, I didn't hear him do that. That sounds good. I think Travis Barker was on drums for that as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. And he stuck the landing. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. But he just did like a set of them and then walked away and didn't really, you know what I mean? It was like a toe dip, but like, you know? Yeah. But to speak to Post Malone real quick, um, the dude can play guitar. Yes. Like he knows how to play guitar. Yeah, he's a guitar player. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very good guitar player. So here's like watching the aerials thing. Like I've listened to the Machine Gun Kelly pop punk stuff. It's yeah. not bad. It is of the genre. Um, is it a high watermark of the genre of a big fan? I don't think so. Yeah. It might be in, but like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't come across to me as something like that. I, I think a high watermark of the genre is something that you that if you listened to it as an adult and you had never heard it before, mm. you would still enjoy it as much as you did in your youth kind of thing. Okay. Right? Because, yeah, that's fair. Because, like, you know, like, sometimes you, like, abandon youth and you listen, you still like them, but you know it's not adult music anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, because it's like you're, you can only be... Yes. Like, well, a, you know, I, I know, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Well, let's actually... Let's... Jot something down. Yeah, let's table that for a second. Oh here. my goodness, my microphone. But um, so but we're getting down to like, it's not like it. It passes as great is as good pop punk music. It's yeah. not bad. I think it's fun. I think yeah. it's great that Travis Barker is producing. That's all cool with me. Those those are fine. I don't. Yeah. I don't think the changing genres in his case is a big deal because 
he yeah. still he comes across he pulls it off on the pop punk front i think yeah i i'll say this to circle it back around to machine gun kelly i just think he made the wrong song choice well i don't think that i fully agree okay because because it's but this because is, it's system of a down man Serge tonkin like his voice is so specifically like because he's i think they're from lebanon i think or yeah. uh, albania maybe or something <laughs> i'm sorry Jesus. If you're just listening, Mike pulled the mic right out the, the table. I'm trying to adjust my microphone. Yeah, I gave you the um, crap one. But but the thing is, is that like yeah, like he 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 can hit those like crazy notes and scales of like Eastern Europe. You know what I mean? And it's like you get this dude like Machine well, Gun Kelly they, trying to come out. Like they tuned it down, right? It I had think they to tuned it down. But the but he didn't he didn't go up. He didn't go to it. He was like, fuck it, let me go for broke, and I'm gonna try to like make it my own thing. That's what I appreciated about. Yeah, it. yeah, I but, appreciate that quality here's, too. Here's but the deal. I was like, here's the I just deal. didn't like it. I guess. Here's the deal. Before he played it, what did he say? Um, I saw bits of uh, okay of an interview. Oh, because right before he played, that, but right before he played it, he goes, "We're just gonna jam this out. It's just a jam. He he is trying to let you know yeah. that it's not fully baked." But yeah. then in that course too, come fully baked. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have the industry at your, you know, I mean, come fully baked. Yeah. So that's that and that statement too. Like you're on the Howard Stern show, you're gonna do a cool cover. Like there's been a lot of cool covers coming through there lately. The Metallica, Miley Cyrus thing. Um, yeah. You know, like there's a lot of bands that are coming through there, and actually. Howard seems to be more moving in the direction of interviewing bands and having them play because those are the clips I see popping for him. Yeah. But um, so the Ariel's cover though, I think I I liked what I liked about it is like the acousticness of it. Like the the drummer was playing the shaker. Yeah. And like with what other or the other hand, it went like this. But um, that was cool. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the cigarette. Oh, because he's smoking a cigarette the whole time. If you're trying to hit them high notes, bro. Yeah, that's kind. That's not gonna help you. I didn't. I love smoking cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. No. (laughs) So, so before I know, so do I. Before I, I, yo, I say what I'm gonna say. I love smoking cigarettes. I love watching Dave Chappelle smoke cigarettes. Smoke cigarettes. I love watching Keith Richards smoke cigarettes. Um, they're not good for you, and you shouldn't smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, or vape. Vaping's bad. Too. Yeah, vaping's bad too. Like, you know, it is what it is. But you know, it does look cool. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's that whole thing. But uh, I find it's like a callback. Like a cigarette's almost a callback. I felt to like, like I felt like there was because when he when it started, I went, "Oh, he's vaping. That's kind of cool that he doesn't give a shit that yeah he's just gonna vape." But you know, yeah. But then I saw that he had a full cigarette in his hand inside, and I was like, hmm. "See, th- and that's this is where I go. If you if you stuck the landing on the vocals, it would have made the cigarette even cooler." Cooler. You know what I'm trying to say? The vocal, what, it wasn't a strong vocal delivery. It wasn't a strong vocal delivery, and, and that's for okay. This too, that, like not, it, not every vocal needs to be a knockout vocal. Right. But this is where it was lacking for me. I feel like he was. We're getting in the nitty gritty of it here. Yeah, of course, but that's what we do. That's, that's our, what we do on getting the garage. But I feel like he job. he had the um. The, I feel like the cigarette was the play. Yeah, was the was the come on with the performance, yeah. and it was more. He was like being like real emo about it. Yeah. And he was like leaning into himself. Yeah. 
it almost worked. It almost worked. It was close. There's also, a, there's this, a fine line is, between genius and stupid. No, this is why I this is why I think it didn't work. That his electric, the guy that was playing electric guitar, he kept fucking up. The one that was like behind him on the left, right? The, yeah, the black. No, 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 the black dude. No, well, no, he was well, he was on well stage right, his left. He had a guitar player here, but then he had that guy. Uh, was he the bass player? or Was he another guitar? player? That was a bass player in the back. He that had was a bass player. that was doing the backup vocals for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that he was, was a bass player. They were singing everything. He sang okay. Yeah, he, no, he was singing it, okay. That other dude on guitar that was playing the electric guitar, Yeah, he was, for my taste, was kind of fucking things up a little bit. He's flubbing up a little bit. Yeah, he was kind of like um, loose magoose with it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That, cause, so for me, I feel like maybe Machine Gun Kelly could have, but like I felt like it was just a little janky, but yeah, it was a jam I mean, we're, out. Listen, we're, it was a jam out. We're um, splitting hairs. This is just something that we want to talk about because I, I, I actually went down a rabbit hole watching videos about this. So I was like, Oh, really? Because is, is this a strong, contentious point right now? For a minute, yeah. I mean, I, I want, there's this one, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. He's a YouTuber. Crap. He's like a metal guitar player guy. It's, it, I just is started. It the Chapman wa- guy? No, 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 no. It's another guy. I just started watching his videos recently. So forgive me for not remembering. But um, he was talking, he, I mean, he was, he was like talking some heavy, heavy shit. <laughs> shit on it he was like angrily like ranting into the void but i got a kick out of it because it's you know it was, it was funny but this is why but I it got think, me to thinking about that kind of stuff this where you're is like why i think it's cool artistic risk versus artistic reward like it's cool because it's showing off another thing um and he's like i i i like the 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 genre bending i think it's fun yeah I think it's cool. I think it's really um I think it's doing a lot for music right now. And I think it's like yeah. it's important that people are like testing out the boundaries of things and in in kudos for him, man. Like Yeah, cuz realistically if you takes, think about it, it takes balls to do it. Well, what's like like if if you could try to put an age on the demographic of people who listen to Machine Gun Kelly. You could say what? As early as maybe like 15, 16 years old up until probably like maybe 26, 27. Probably like 11 to th- his age. Uh, yeah, know, you think age. that full. Yeah, the full yeah. spectrum up. Yeah. So. So. But even that though, it's the little kids that have never heard Ariel's. Yeah, right. You know, that's that's they what might I was. hear it now, yeah. you know, and it's the Travis Barker and the Blink-182 and then it's the rap and yeah. the, it's got, he's got a lot going on. He's, he's. Very talented. At least, you know what it is, man, too? I will say, zooming out, right? If you look at it, you're like, well, at least somebody's flying a flag for rock and roll. You know what I mean? Fuck it. If it's got to be Machine Gun Kelly, it's Machine Gun Kelly. But, like, but that's he the played, thing, he though. also played... He put um, himself out there. He also played Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee in uh, the Netflix film The Dirt, <laughs> which was... <laughs> two thumbs up. That uh, was a get in the garage, two, two thumbs up. Two muddy thumbs up from all that dirt. Um, I worked with a guy, just as a side note, just for, you know, to be, you know, tell a fun story. Uh, I worked with a guy, well, the guy that owned the music store that I used to work for that I did lessons at. I remember talking to him about it because it first came out and I was doing lessons at his music shop and he's like, man, it was a good movie, but that wasn't even the half of it. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing where he's just like, oh, it, it was way crazier actually living through all of that stuff when it was happening in real time. Watching that happen would have, or filming that would have been new crimes. <laughs> would have been new crimes? Oh, well, yeah, right. You can't right. even film, like, what was actually happening. Yeah, oh, yeah. Also, that movie had so little sensitivity. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a dirt. It was. It was dirty. It was dirty. It was filthy. It had, like, it had 
It had all the sensitivity of a car crash. Dude. What was that a bad joke? Uh, ah. Can I get that train whistle? <laughs> no, I agree, though. That was, it's, you know, it's sad because, like, you know, death scenes in movies can go real bad, you know? And that one, that movie, it just happened to be pretty bad. It was pretty bad. It, it was, was pretty, pretty rough bad. to watch that It was one. like, it's Christmas. You know, you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Neil, you see the lights? He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, buddy, I see the lights. <laughs> It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Oh, God. It's like, uh, this guy's, like, in the real life version of that was way more, you know, but, I mean, who I mean, who knows? <laughs> the, the, who, who was it that passed away in that car accident? I can't remember his name. I thought he was, uh, was he in another band? Or maybe he was just, like, a friend to the band or something like that. Either way, the point is. I feel like the, uh, the story of Sam Kinison dying, isn't, isn't that, like, the same? Didn't he die in a car accident? Like, almost the same way? Did he die in a car accident? I think almost the same exact way. Because, like, he was hit by a car when he was, like, a little kid. I think he also died in a car accident. Oof. And I think they pulled him out and he yeah. did, like, the same thing. Yikes. But, uh, well, or the same thing that maybe, like, happened in the dirt but probably didn't happen. We don't know. It's Christmas. It's the lights. We'd like to apologize to the Motley Crue estate. Yeah, we're sorry, guys. We're sorry, Vince Neil. We went off the rails <laughs> once <laughs> again. Kickstart is hard. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Motley Crue, though. <laughs> Age-old question, Motley Crue or Def Leppard? Oh, Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Jeff would disagree, though. He's, He's a Def, Def Leppard guy, guy, through and through. Um, Anyway, so... Anyway, moving on. Moving uh, on. Oh, well, you know, too. Oh, yeah, because you did write something down. I wanted to ask... Um, I had, like, an interesting take here. You know, also, we got to get back to the Machine Gun Kelly story was very interesting in the genre bending. We also uh, have to talk about one day the great uh, Garth Brooks, uh, Chris Gaines debacle. Because that's, like, in the same vein, but that's when that shit did not fly at all for anybody. That's what I I wanted to bring back to that real fast because I feel like that was a big one. I would say also, like... In that regard, too, man, you're talking about a country music leap. And country music people, especially when, like, Garth Brooks was Garth Brooks. He's still Garth Brooks. And he's still Garth Brooks. No disrespect to the Brooks estate. Where are the bodies? But I'm saying that, like, that Chris Gaines leap must have been, like, terrifying. As an artist to just be like, well, I'm just putting all my chips in this one fucking idea and, like, hope it works. Right. And And it's hilariously awesome. I like a lot. I genuinely like a lot of the it tunes. It makes on that you, record. but that's what I'm trying to say. Like you, you, you it, go in it, to think that you're going to re- listen to this ironically, and then halfway through, you're like, "Fuck, I like these songs." Right, and you it's know, not on. Shit. It's not on Spotify either. It's not. No, uh, it, you got to like search to find it. I have a we have a CD that floats around between the two of us yeah, somewhere. somewhere. But um, if you want to see like wh- why I think this, it was great music, Childish Gambino does a cover of. Um, um, I forget the name of the song, but it's called, uh, it's like, heaven knows I'm head over heels and it shows. Um, yeah, if you go to YouTube and type in Chris Gaines, Childless Gambino, it comes up. I want to see what it is. Chris Gaines. Oh, it's, uh, the song is called, uh, Lost in You. Lost and, in You. And yep. I feel like Childish Gambino is... He, 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 oh, it's that same, oh my god, it's that same cover series from the Wiggles. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh. It's that same radio station. Hell yeah. So good on that radio station. That shit's cool. But, um, 
Is this just playing in our headphones? Yes, yeah. yes. The people can't. The good people can't hear this. So, um, but I just threw the song on just to have it on. Yeah. So, like, and it gives like validity to the music. So, yeah. like, it shows that it was actually good. I just, I, I'm a big fan of this cover, and I, I think like it's, it shows that you know yeah. that it was actually worth its salt. A lot of people laugh about yeah. it, but like, there are some terrible songs on that record. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and, but even the, the even the bad ones, you're like they're fun. Yeah, like, who cares? I thought it worked. Yeah. It, like it worked in some weird way, but like it didn't work. And like the thing is, like I feel I felt like people gave it did not. People were not willing to let him move in that direction, and that's why it didn't work. They weren't willing to buy in with him. Like, and he did, dude. He went he went full send on that shit. Like he he created like this elaborate backstory, and then like inside he had the booklet, the music. <laughs> there's no Chris Gaines behind the music <laughs> like, that like on. aired on VH1. Yeah, it's so, like, like it's 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 not like he didn't even, but he, like he went in on that project like full bore, and yeah. like nobody was willing to go in with. What's him. so funny about that is like that sounds it sounds like a like a like a Will Ferrell or like Dewey Cox type movie thing. Yeah, do you know what I'm trying to say? Where it's just like you have these actors that all of a sudden embody like these fake musicians. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they like kind of become like a real thing. It's like he did the same thing yeah. before they were making movies about people doing that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I'm trying to say? Like, does that does that? I'm trying to like. No, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's talking circles, but but um, but it's yeah. it's just like it's fascinating that like you know now it's the thing is the internet has blown people's minds wide open, especially for taste. Like things people used to not like before, they definitely like now, and I feel like hip hop, yeah. older samples moving in. I feel like. A lot of stuff works now in gender or gender bending. <laughs> genre bending. Genre bending is uh. <laughs> you want to clip that one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> genre bending music. I feel like it's it It's just it's easier to do now. You know. Yeah. But well, like, I just you wanted li- to shout out the example where it didn't work, but um. <laughs> but yeah. Bringing it to I. If I'm gonna even further. Here. Okay, let's go. Been listening to the Who a lot this week. Yeah. Okay. So you got the tune "My Generation." Four minutes left, by the way. Right on. So we have um, "My Generation" by the Who. Yep. Right. Kid music. Why is it? Why is it still good? That's the shit that gets me. Yeah. Why does "My Generation," a song written for that generation's generation? And I like that song, and I get it. Well, because I think it's the it's it's a song like that, man. But that's that's straight up kids' music, you know. Yeah, I well, hope yeah. I die before I get old. It's yeah. so it's so like I don't know. I it, it doesn't know old age. It doesn't know any of that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's that it's straight up kid music. It is yeah. like people try to put me down. I hope I die. I never want to get old. It's yeah. and it still works so well. That blows my mind because you think about a lot of kids' music that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like teenage music that works on. Oh. And it's still well, yeah. I think it's a testament because it still works. But be, it's because that song is like the embodiment of like teenage angst, right? And kind of like the young people looking at like the quote unquote like old guard, like the generation in, like up before them, sort of ahead of them, kind of thing. Uh, you kind of like want to shake your fist at them and be like, why are you, you know, like what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, like it's that and it's also like what the hell's going on. It's Do you think like 80s kids music works? Like that's the, that's the question. Like boomer music works. 
yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. I does, think the thing that does the 80s... 80s kids music work? I, I think it does. I think it does. Because here we go. Yeah. What was for kids in the 80s? Hip hop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Rap was getting invented. Yeah. You had. hip hop. But like, does like Duran Duran hold up? I think in a lot of people's hearts it does. Yeah, but maybe not in, in the same. I don't know if it does in the same way that my generation does. My generation is like this sort of like primordial sort of oozing. That's sort just of the a example, song. but like let's take um let's take please please me by the Be- by the Beatles. That's yeah. kids music. Yeah. To a lot of you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean I think every like I feel like I think in all its forms all of the pop culture that's relevant at any or given not time kids, but i mean like, like when i say kids i mean like young people. young we say kids because we're 30s in our 30s like well not yet you are you're about Getting to be close um but, but no I, when i say I, kid i mean like young people music. yeah like young yeah young people, teenagers like, yeah, that kind of teenagers thing and stuff i say it like an old man. i'm sure they're like i wouldn't really have any songs to reference in that era because like you know uh, that's not that's not the music that I you know have the experience with so I don't know maybe for some people but like yeah I don't know that's an interesting thought right because like you know. I've been thinking about a lot of stuff like that lately like because in a lot of sense I don't know it's like because this is why this this is blow the, just I'm a harp on the Who example yeah, for a go, minute yeah the Who don't play any of their early singles really in concert well actually they play three but. They're the three that are the most like childish kind of. They, yeah. They'll play my generation. Yep. They'll play can't explain. Yep. And they'll play substitute. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like those are the all and they they back it with everything that's the big giant heavy who's next who you yeah. know what I mean yeah, uh, yeah. won't get fooled again and yep. then the, you know uh, who are you? Yep. Those are radically different songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's adult music. Who are you? That's adult music. It's got synthesizers and texture and and you know what I mean? Quadraf- yeah. Quadrophenia. That's that's adult music. It's yeah. you know what I mean. As much as it is kid music, it's also very much. A, a, well, it's 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 music that was written for the kids when they were kids and they were now adults. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you can kind of, you know what I'm saying? So it's like. It's you evolve with so, the maybe that's what it is. It's the it's, who evolved with their audience, you right? Think. Right. But why does my generation still work? It still works to people because that it's have because no it's reference. because it's the starting line. Yeah, I guess so. Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's the starting line. So it's like every like like you know what I'm trying to say. Like every I would say influential artist or band that is like the same age as their audience when they get going, right? You know, and it just splinters off into many different varieties and forms and yeah. all that stuff. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It just so happens that I think when it comes to the who, because like anybody can like that song. It's not. It's so accessible. It's a major pop song. And it's and, and I think that even older people, boomers now even, have this sort of but, feeling about them where they're like, that's like, what I felt like when I was young. It can I can bridge but like, okay. a good angry fucking young person song. See, I feel like you know? like an artist like Billie Eilish. I feel like that record's gonna hold yeah, up yeah. stupid well because mm-hmm. it's like it's well done, and it's like, but that's, it, but it it is more like kid kid music. Yeah, it's definitely young people music. Yeah, it's got like the you know what I mean. But like, does Justin Bieber's Baby hold up? I don't. You know but I, I mean? can't. I I don't know if I because I feel it holds. I think it holds up for somebody. For, yeah, it holds up for somebody. it holds up for somebody. But that somebody would have to be. 
the person who was like the same age as Justin Bieber when that happened. Dude, and did like you, live, you know what I'm trying to say? Like that's Ludacris does the rap verse on that. <laughs> well, I think I think it's Ludacris. I think it's yeah, it probably is. Um, so yeah, for some, I think for somebody it is. It's just that I think with my generation with the Who, it's just such a standout. So, like it's just like so it's just a good this, fucking song. Is this it doesn't also matter. this is also the point, which is lyrical content and meaning and intention kind of trump all the time period bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right. It's like that. Yeah, it's con- – well, yeah, right. It, it cuts through. It cuts through. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just like, man, you know, like people try to yeah, I mean, put I mean, us down. You know, it's, like – It's one of the – and it's one of the best – I mean, we haven't talked about the Who on the show really at all. Not really at length, no. But um, it's one of the best delivered lyrics of all time because – One of the best delivered bass lines of all time. <laughs> the bass solo. But come on, just John just the lyric, people, yeah. it, where he he can't stammer out of his mouth yeah. because he's still a, a, ch- a kid yeah. and he's getting the nerve to say what he's saying. Yeah, and right, it's nervous right. and it's th- it that the stutter energy. Yeah, brilliant. It's yeah. like that's what that's why the Who were so good. It's the nuance of that shit. It's like you don't realize it, you hear it a million times, and then you think about it for a minute. You're like, why did he intentionally stutter in yeah. in the song? Yeah. It's like it's be, you know because like after you're done having a good laugh about it, you're like, well, that is an artistic choice. Like, what was that? What was the? Yeah, it's like this, the, you ever get so mad that? you can't talk. Yeah. You ever get so nervous you can't say what you need to say to somebody? Yeah. Like that's that song. Yeah, it's, right, right. You know what I mean? True. I mean, that's we got to do a Who episode at some point in the near future. Well, I just read a book on Roger Daltrey and uh, written by of, him too. Yes, yes, his autobiography. Um. Speaking of which, we're going to talk about a book when we come back. Come back. back. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with uh, Luke's Book Nook. Wow. Book review. This is the Get in the Garage book Book reviews. We'll be right back. When the sports world was introduced to two new team names within a week, comedian Dave Primiano told his friend and fellow comedian Dan Getz, we should do a limited series podcast where we rank all the team names in sports. And they did just that. And after they were done, they decided, hey, let's just keep ranking stuff. Thus was born the Rank Bank, where each week they are joined by a panel of experts, a.k.a. fellow comedians, to rank all things ranging from the unimportant to the really unimportant. New episodes drop on Mondays and sometimes Tuesday if it's a two-parter. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore rank underscore bank. All right, everybody, welcome back to Get in the Garage, a music podcast for, for music, music lovers. lovers. Um, we hope you enjoyed our ads; they were good, they're fun, and I recorded a couple of them, so that was fun too. Yeah, shout out to Wasted Robot Network, our podcast network. Check them out. Yeah, get in the Wasted Robot Network. Um, so we wanted to review books. Yeah, we thought we came up with this idea, and and Luke is one for. I mean, he just told you he just finished the Roger Daltrey autobiography, you know. So Luke is one for reading the books of great rock stars and bands. I have a thing for. Um, I really like the rock star autobiography. Yeah, why not the, though? The rock star biography with a you know a uh, what do they call that a ghostwriter kind of thing. Yep. Um, and I've read a ton of them at this point. And so I thought I'd put my good knowledge to use. I'll tell you the good ones from the bad ones. Okay. Um, because they're not all good. 
but let's take a, a walk down with one I think is um, rather on the exceptional scale. We're going to talk about um, Aerosmith here. Yeah. Uh, Aerosmith was a band that was formed in the early 70s in Boston. So we can claim them as one of our own. We definitely can. I think so, as New Englanders, right? Boston is, I mean, we're from Connecticut. Aerosmith is my band. I'm going to yeah. claim Aerosmith as a New England band. They are the lords of your thighs. <laughs> they, are, they are my band. There are yeah. toys in my attic. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, me too. I mean, same here, dude. Aerosmith, it's, it's a band that can have a very Led Zeppelin 1-esque first album and then also sing about making love in an elevator. Yeah. And I, d- I dig and all eras as well, too. Sp- well, that's what I mean, kind of tying it back into what we were just talking about, like a band that like spans generations and is the soundtrack to a person's life. And, right. You know? Yeah, you definitely, a lot of people grew up I with I mean, yeah, Dream On. Yeah. Right? That's on the first album. Yeah, all the way through, and that's a, yeah. a through-line song. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you're right. That was, that was a good catch. That's, yeah, man. That's a through-line song all the way to like... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Great. So what I want to talk about is um, Walk This Way. This book was purchased by my sister a very long time ago. I haven't asked her if she ever read it. I'm sure she did. She's In high school, the a very heavy Aerosmith fan, too. Yes. My sister is um, the reason I'm a big Aerosmith fan. It was my sister's like first I like music thing. Yeah. And she picked out Aerosmith's Pump, and I don't know what happened, but she loved that record, loved yeah. that band, so... Um, kudos to her. It might have also been the um, halftime show where Steven Tyler passed the mic with I oh, think, yeah. Kid Rock, and he was Britney <laughs> Spears and Justin Timberlake. Yeah. But um, so this book is uh, "Walk This Way." It's the autobiography of Aerosmith with uh, Stephen Davis. Um, so what this book basically does is it takes um, the time period goes all the way to like I think like the late '90s when this book came out. Yep. And um. What it does is it's like kind of like interview style. So they'll be like they'll give like a um a kind of like a chunky paragraph of like Steven Tyler was born in da 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 right, yeah, and then yeah. it'll talk to like um his mom and his dad and the school people and like um his friends growing up. So that was a great thing too. Um, is it written in interview style? It's not like what was happening then. It it'll tell the person, um, and then. It'll so say like Laura Kaufman, and then it'll give Laura Kaufman's statements about uh, Revere Beach. Oh, okay, I see. Right, I got you. Um, but it reads very story like. Um, it's not clunky in like a lot of ways. Yeah, I. This is why I'll start off with why I like this book. When they're talking about something, um, like that controversial, or not controversial, but something they might have an argument about. Yeah, every band member then gets to chime in on, I thought it went this way. I thought it went that way. And I thought it went this way. Yeah. And it's like, it's really great to see a well-rounded, not just a, this is what happened here. Would you say that they, like, I'll say that, I'll ask this. Would you say that they were a pretty well-bonded band? In other words, does it seem that sort of the politics between the band members was democratic or because I could I, I mean, I would assume that like Joe Perry and Steven Tyler oh, so kind like, of were like the Keith Richards, Mick Jagger. Of OK, the band, well, you know? the book starts off with a heavy, um, it heavy up front Steven Tyler and heavy up front Joe Perry and mm-hmm. kind of the other band members. It gives shorter. But um, Steven Tyler is really important to Aerosmith and it really highlights in this book. 
So Steven Tyler's a little bit older than the rest of them and okay. had played in more successful bands. He had, like, working bands, and he was hanging out in Greenwich Village in the 60s. And he was oh, no seeing, way. Yeah. So he was seeing all this stuff. Yeah. He went to the first Zeppelin show, at, uh, the Boston Tea Party. Um, oh, no way. Look up that bootleg on YouTube, uh, Led Zeppelin, Boston Tea Party. 1969. If I can, I'll try to link it in the description box below. Yeah, it's a great. And, I'll try Steven, to do that for and you. it's talked about in this book. Steve, this is where I, I learned about it. If you look up the Wikipedia page for like, um, if you look up like anything about uh, Led Zeppelin's first tour, they'll talk about that gig and they'll talk about the reference that's in this book from Steven Tyler saying mm. how mind blowing um, Dazed and Confused was. So. Uh, he was hanging out like in the village. He was like a cool dude. Like people knew Steven Tyler. Yeah. Um, Steven Tablanco, Tablanco, whatever his name was, his original name. Yeah. Look it up. But um, so he was kind of like hot shit. And then like um, his bands kind of like broke up on like the the tail end of the 60s. And mm-hmm. he kind of took like a bunch of really scruffy musicians and really worked them into a great band. And hmm. You'll hear, like, they just released, which I would highly recommend you look up. None of them even knew it existed. They found the tape. It was uh, from 1971. Um, The first Aerosmith record, for reference, is 1973. I think it's called The Early Years. And um, it's all, like, first album cuts. Yep. Um, And then one song, Major Barbara, that didn't make it to the first album. Hmm. Shout out, Barbara. We love you, Barb. We love you, Barb. You're not dead, but you're my mom. You're just not here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) You're just not here. Um, but, but yeah, um, so you'll hear like how rough that band sounds. Yeah, and then by that album, it, they are one of the hottest, tightest yeah. bands. They're that, cooking. Yeah, the material sucks on the, that early years record. It yeah. sounds like dog dog shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then Steven Tyler works that band into a, such a tight, great band, and yeah. they really say it in this book, and they do say that Steven Tyler like was the dude. Yeah, like on tempo, dude. You got to get this right. You got to be on this change here. Yeah. Um, a lot of resentment because of that. Um, mm. but so do you? Do, do did you take away from it though? Any any sort of that thing where? So some resentments. You know how how did they op- like when when somebody had to, when a decision needed to be made? I would assume that Steven Tyler was kind of like, hey, this is what we're doing. But that's what I'm saying. Was it was it more democratic? Or was it just like it was all pretty, out fucking seemed, war? <laughs> like they were all seemed, just at each other's throats about shit. It seemed kind of like war. Yeah, yeah. Aerosmith seemed like it was hard to be in. You, it seemed like you had your factions at some point. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And it yeah. seemed like kind of like um, you know, it turns and you start doing drugs, and you're just having fun, and you're just in a rock and roll band, and you you know whatever. Yeah. But then you name your album Rocks. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah. you lose control yeah. of yourself. <laughs> Rocks. So this, what I love about this book is it no nonsensely goes and says the only way that you are ever going to get better is to go to rehab. And it it plots out their whole rehab thing. And they were one of the first bands to publicly go to rehab hmm. and be really out front about it. Like, yeah. we And they saved themselves. They became the number one band again. Yeah. Became the huge biggest rock band again. Yeah. Out of from being like literally nothing. They were so broke and Steven Tyler was collapsing on stage. It's all in this book. I didn't realize it was that bad. This book is a is a fascinating read because Aerosmith has a great public image now. 
this book would not be released today. It would not be released today. Really? You don't think so, huh? No. Steven Tyler isn't a great dude. At no. least he was not when he was um, using drugs. Yeah. So, like, you know, there's uh, the 14-year-old girl or whatever, the 16-year-old girl or whatever. Oh, he had that experience like that, too? Yeah, it's gross. A lot yeah. of those guys did. I mean, Jimmy Page. A lot of those guys did. Ted and Nugent. It, it doesn't excuse it that they, a lot of them did. It's just yeah. gross. And um, yeah. it doesn't age well, and it doesn't read well. So that was a rough, like, if I'm being yeah. honest on the book, like that. Um, And it's in the, So I don't know. It, at least they they were honest about it, and I don't know if they were honest with a clear head, but at least they were honest about being honest. So yeah, that was like a gross part. So that was in the book, you know, full disclosure that's in there. Yeah. Um, other disclosure: Aerosmith is secretly all like Republican dudes, which was very funny. Really? Yes, mostly they're like all conservatives. Yeah, mostly like Tom Hamilton and um. You know, like Joey yeah. Kramer, like they're they're like they're pretty like oh they're old school Republicans. Yeah, they were raised yeah. in New like New Hampshire, New England. Yeah, right. And they were just it is what they it is what it is. But like that was the funny thing about this book was like one of the things that um I think it was Tom Hamilton was saying was like you dude like it's weird having to like fake being a liberal dude in the rock and roll scene a lot of the times he's like and i hit it a lot at first but now he's like i don't really care yeah i thought that was interesting um so like a lot of the dudes in aerosmith yeah they're pretty like conservative leaning voters that, you know that's an interesting concept though if you think about it because like like how many there's got to be a lot right like how many how many secretly artists con- conservative right, artists right 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 or, or or secretly liberal you could say even you know what i'm trying to say like if you're oh yeah you know if you're like in a specific a country artist right and you're I like mean, yes. I, I didn't want to you know i was yes. trying to say it without saying it but yeah oh no like, say it yeah. this is that show man we're yeah. talking we're, we're getting into like what it is so yeah right so that's what i'm saying like that like how much of it is like it makes you question that sort of thing like how much of it is an image how much of it is real how much of it isn't real right you and, know what i'm saying and they um aerosmith didn't really put their like um they played they she's like we played one political thing like that and he's like really and then you know but it was just interesting but yeah. i'm sure a lot of those guys are really um you know keeping it close to the vest and not really or putting on a you know what i mean i'd say i you'd, that is interesting because if you think about it right like if you think historically in that sense like in your brain when you look back at that not that i lived through it so i can't give an honest you know but, like, in your brain, you think back on all these people and you're like, oh, yeah, they were, like, you know, like, the free love sort of, like, liberal kind of hippie liberated, like, generation and stuff. And it's so funny how a lot of them now that are part of that generation are, like, kind of, like, more conservative types of people. And it's just an interesting observation, I should say. It's an interesting observation that you can look at that. and But, but it you, makes you, you know question how, okay. how many of it – How I should not to cut you off, but it makes you question – how much of it was really genuine? Okay, well, here's here's you my, know what I mean. Here's what I'm going to say to you: is do you not feel that right now we're kind of being marketed hate and um, hate and dissent and you know what I mean? Yeah, musically. Separate, no, 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 not musically. You're saying just in general. In general, yeah, <clears throat> we're getting marketed like separation. Yeah, like fear and hate and all that stuff. It sells, man. Right. You know. So because like nobody's buying music, so music isn't a popular way to um, push your product like that anymore right yeah because a lot of popular music isn't like peace and love it's more like you know uh 
money and uh, that uh, object yeah. based. Right. So we got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More materialistic. Uh, more. Yeah, I it, understand what you mean. And then boy girl love. Yeah. You know that girl boy love that yeah, happened. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. So <clears throat> love songs and yeah. So you got like that's the more popular thing now. But then, so we're getting sold the other thing. I think a lot of the marketing was peace and love. I think they were getting sold the marketing of peace and love. And, like, you can get marketed peace and love and not have any peace. You can have a shirt that says love Jesus, but, like, you don't – you know what I mean? I love yeah. Jesus, but you don't love Jesus. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I know it's what you like mean. The marketing of peace and love was what that was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, a lot of them per- were – you know what I mean? They were like, yeah, I love everybody. Yeah, peace, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm voting for Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that that's. But I think, do you think that maybe then, like, if you were to look back at it from that perspective, like, okay, like now, right? Like, if you're in a specific sort of friend group or whatever, if you have a particular political leaning Sometimes that can be like an an alienating quality, right? So if you say like, "Oh, I'm well, I'm I'm like a Democrat or I'm a Republican," um, it can alienate you out of like certain types of friend groups. Now I wonder if back then it was a similar thing. Like, would you get? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, could you be in a hippie circle like that and just be like, "Yeah, my my political leanings are more conservative." It, like, would would it be? Would you get like a oh, right on, man? No, no way. You you'd get like the you'd, you'd get Johnson. Sa- you'd get John Sinclair on 1969 Woodstock kicking Pete Townsend, saying this is a lotish. Or it's not John Sinclair. John Sinclair was in prison. Yeah. Um. It's Abby yeah, yeah. Hoffman jumping on stage and kicking Pete Townsend, saying this is a lotish shit. While so you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Pete Townsend's trying to like talk about. The transcendence of music through the deaf, dumb, and blind boy Tommy, and he's like, "People are running in jail," you know. Yeah. And so it's like, <sighs> yeah, feel me, like, because that's all all Tommy is. It's it's Tommy is uh is the transcendence of music. It's yeah. the story of the deaf, dumb, and blind boy becoming um becoming into coming into the world through the vibration of music. Yeah, that's what it's about, right? Yeah, yeah. a real heady, trippy, peace and love kind of idea. Right, and then in the middle of it, <laughs> yeah, this dude's like, "I'm, I can't stand one more second of this if you're not gonna say what I need you, what I need yeah. the move." So, yeah, yeah, it was there too, you know. Yeah, I yeah. Pete P- Townsend did kick him off stage. Did he, I thought he hit him with a headstock. He did, and then he, did boot, he? and then he kicked him. And, and then he's he... like, "Get the fuck off my stage! <laughs> yeah, right. Get the fuck off my fucking stage!" <laughs> there you go. So, if you ever think that we're living through crazy times, it's always kind of been crazy times. Let's be real. I think it's right before Pinball Wizard. It's yeah. either right before Pinball Wizard or right after Pinball Wizard. Yeah. So either way, it's like. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? So good. How come? Do you ever find that like? I you know it's like the who played Woodstock right, yep. But like, why is it that I kind of just feel like anytime I see any Woodstock tributey type things, the who aren't in it, the who are kind of left out. Like the Grateful Dead's kind of left out. It's it's the marketing of the movie. I mean, the who are the who are definitely thought in probably just not your zeitgeist. Like yeah, maybe not. The who are definitely a major part of Woodstock. It's Roger Daltrey singing "See Me, See Me, Feel Me" while the yeah. sun rises. It's a big big part of the movie. 
Is it a big part of the movie? I don't, I don't know why it's I don't remember that. one of the biggest that. parts of the movie. It's like I, the one I don't every, know why I can't everybody remember that. references. I watched that movie because he, on an he airplane does, he does four years ago. Yeah. And like the sun is literally rising out of the <laughs> it's like one of the most bonkers moments ever. Yeah. You're just like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. And then the band like kicks it's like the it's pumping the band on more. Yeah. And then everybody starts to get up and they start cheering and it's yeah. fucking insane. It's great. The Who are great. The Who are great. But back to Aerosmith. That was a long time. <laughs> we tangent. keep going off on the Who stuff. We keep talking about the Who, but See, we, we want to talk talking. about the Who. Well, people try to put this down. But people but, um, yeah. This book, getting back to <laughs> that was <gasps> getting back to the book though, um, it really goes through like all that really like shitty stuff. Um yeah. it goes through like the early the early period is great in here. It talks about them living in Boston and it talks to a lot of different people. That's what I like about this. It doesn't stick to Aerosmith. Um, their manager, Jack Douglas, from the seventies, who was like the Aerosmith's champion, and then Aero- Aerosmith is greatly the story of most bands is the story of how good their manager is and how worth their salt is. Yeah, if you look at Peter Grant and Led Zeppelin. That's all you really got to say. Two things you got to remember, man: <laughs> the manager and the like, the producer. Yeah, and you know they're members of the band too, man. Yeah, it, it, the the managers for Aerosmith play of such an important part, and it's just one of those. One of those stories where the manager really put it all out there. Was he a career-long manager? Like, is, does he still manage the band? No. Oh. Though I was assuming there was some sort of financial fallout? Well, they, he was doing just as much cocaine as Aerosmith. <laughs> oh, well. and, and the band, but this Cocaine's is the thing. a hell thing. of a drug, man. By the time you get to the mid-'80s and Joe Perry quits Aerosmith, Aerosmith is such a rough, in such a rough spot, they're going to be dead. You know yeah. what I mean? They're, gonna die, they're just The band's going to die and the members are going to die that yeah. are left in it. And even the ones that are out. So, like, what happens is a new manager comes in, the guy that was managing um, Joe Perry in the Joe Perry project. Mm-hmm. He comes in and he really sets the whole, um, the whole thing forward again for the revival. Yep. So, there's a great manager story in there. There's a lot of great industry insight. Um, a lot of great, like, what it's actually like being in a rock and roll band. It's um, pretty, kind of like boring and a lot of like. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? How long was the? How long was the gap before the revival? Because it looks like, like, like discography wise, everything looks fairly consistent. I mean, no, because you got 1977's um, "Night in the Ruts," the last album with Joe Perry. He plays on a couple of the tracks, and then he's filled in with the rest of it. And then um, the next album. Oh, I'm is, looking at tours. That's why. Not that's why albums. you're looking at tours. Then there you, we go. You're gonna look at 1984's "Rock in a Hard Place," right? Well, we have Aerosmith, "Get Your Wings," "Toys in the Attic," '75, "Rocks," '76, "Draw the Line," '77, "Night." In the Rut 79, Rock in a Hard Place 82, yeah, so we that, have 85, 87. That's a big gap. Yeah. So it's really the, it's the Rock in a Hard Place and the other album there. Done with Mirrors, Permanent Done, Vacation. Done with Mirrors has Joe Perry back on it, but Rock in a Hard Place is the is the really bad album. It, okay. It, Done with Mirrors isn't that great either. <laughs> Rock in a Hard, the album cover is like... It's Stonehenge. <laughs> so they released that album, dude, oh and you know what movie came out like the same year? This is Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. Yeah. They were like living the... They, Aerosmith... They in were the, like a parody of the, themselves. At the end of the 70s, yeah. Aerosmith were Spinal Tap. They were like, where are we playing? And they're like, oh, you're not playing Boston tonight. Don't worry. It's not a big college town. Yeah, right. You don't live there. <laughs> It's not a big college town. So, 
But that's like the thing too. It it really does talk about like how the members were so frustrated and how they all were like, you know, Steven Tyler was really messing things up for the band and um, you know, collapsing on stage all the time and being and nobody wanted to lend Aerosmith like a dime to like promote a tour or anything. And yeah. the comeback story is really great. Um and it's a great preach of sobriety and um, the challenges of staying clean and how you have to live your life after that and the differences. And I thought that was like the brutal honesty of that um, was really, you know, refreshing after, you know, because it doesn't just give you the dart. It gives yeah. you the clean, too. Yeah, it shows yeah. you how you have to clean the floor after you shit all over it <laughs> yeah. because their lives were terrible. But um, the music is great. Um the first like Aerosmith for me it ends and I mean like Aerosmith for me is like I love the first four albums, um, but yeah. for me like the it's the first three are the killer. It's like yeah, self-titled "Get Your Wings" and "Toys in the Attic." We have right here. Um, those are my favorite, my personal favorite Aerosmith albums. I'm yeah. sure everybody has a great era they love. I mean, I I love the album Pump. I love other stuff. I love Rocks. I mean, Last Child's amazing track, but yeah. I really love um, the beginning of this book highlights the story of a working rock and roll band trying to make it. And those albums are struggling albums and like they, you know, they're all got great songs out of them. Some of them are a little duddy yeah. at times, but like I love them personally. Um, I think they're all winners, but, you know, I can understand how some people wouldn't be into all of it. But I think those three albums right there are great early hard rock and it's um, New England hard rock, which is not like. Yeah. It's not a thing that happened anywhere else. And Aerosmith, for my money, doesn't sound. People they say that Aerosmith is like a Stones ripoff. It, it's not really. It's Aerosmith is everything that was great about the Yardbirds and and just an American yeah. rock and roll mixed together. That's was, how I feel. I feel like Aerosmith had that look because Aeros- it's because it's seventy because seventy three is their first album. Yeah. So they didn't have that like sixty eight kind of like band that would be doing this kind of thing right album sound about them they have they're 73 this is like um fucking uh what is it houses of the holies already out right you know what i mean so it's that charge that supercharged hard rock like classic 70s hard rock right you know and if you because when i listen when i like to listen to these types of bands like Aerosmith is not a new band for me, but Aerosmith at one point was a new band for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? In terms of the deep dive, I knew, you know, my mom you obviously know, you know had heads. my you mom obviously heads. had the Armageddon soundtrack. You know what I mean? So like I heard that stuff, but when I was like, all right, roll up our sleeves, let's get into Aerosmith. Anytime I do that with a band, I always start at album number one. And that's probably my favorite record of theirs just because like I was like, oh shit, this is what Aerosmith is. It's like the same thing with the first Queen album. It's like this, uh, yeah. you know what I'm trying to say? It's like that, like I have to hear where what's where's their launch pad. And the great thing you know about the saying? first Aerosmith album too is like I've been saying that they're a working mm-hmm. band. The songs are like about a working band. It's like, you know, somebody uh, yeah mamakin on the first record the opener of side two it ain't easy living like a gypsy tell you you know tell your mama how it feels also as a side note it's important to remember (laughs) just to keep things you know that 
we fully are aware that the first Aerosmith album is basically Steven Tyler like ripping off like a black soul singer. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like full disclaimer, we are completely aware of that. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, is I think that was an inevitability. I think no matter a, what, because it's based I, in. I, well, that, I think you know what I mean. It's based in blues, really. It's supercharged blues. Yeah, and it's also a choice of the time that it seems silly, but like it's it's a it's also a a stupid youthful mistake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's like something you wouldn't do now, but at the time you're like, because ah, really, you by know the time what I, mean? I mean, 74, get your wings. It's kind of it's not really. You know, yeah. it's it's like Aerosmith is finding Aerosmith's sound. Right. You know what I mean? This is this to me is like. Uh, what could you compare it to? Like but, in terms of debut albums, like you what listen could to you Dream compare? On though. He doesn't do that shit on Dream On. No, that's his voice. That's, that's like his Stephen Tyler's voice voice. Yeah. Right. So at the same time, it's got yeah. the push pull on. Like, it's got some the put. Yeah, he does the put on sometimes, and then other times it's yeah. genuine. You know, yeah, because he does have a good voice. I think it was. I don't know. You might know. It might be in the book or something. But you know what I'm saying. Like when you're first getting out there, you're starting. Like inevitably, like your the singing voice that you go out and you put out there is typically heavily influenced by some other singer because you're mm-hmm. trying to find your own voice but you're kind of like do a play on somebody else's well, voice the, and then find the your own too, voice and i think that's what you see in the first three records is that kind Absolutely. of progression in the other deal too is aerosmith always get gets knocked as the stones ripoff like the american stones ripoff yeah steven tyler is a way better singer than fucking Mick Jagger. yeah like it's not and it, no disrespect to Mick Jagger. It, Mick Jagger's a way better front man than steven tyler sure he's the best front man of all time yeah but Steven Tyler is a better singer, like yeah. just on the surface. He's a much better singer. Yeah. So that makes some a lot of the songs much more interesting. Like, you know, I'm a way bigger Stones fan. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. like their arrangements on Aerosmith albums, like where they are kind of like on the Stones kick, you know what I mean? They sound different because you can sing with a better range. Yeah. The other thing, too, is Aerosmith leaned into the hard rock, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. So it's like that Eng- you had that total English influence. Yeah. For me, they're the only American band that played like they were an English band, though. So that was the interesting thing. Always yeah. the interesting thing to me. You know they what's cool? Always played on the English side. It's cool that you say that too, because it's kind of like like if you think about it, right? Like we 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 there's the L.A. bands, then you have like the Midwestern bands, right? You have like the Cleveland bands and the Detroit bands and all that stuff, and they sound very Cleveland and Detroit. You know, it's it's when you're talking about East Coast bands, like th- there is a limited selection, but it sounds like where it comes from. It sounds like it's in between English and L.A. Like exactly England and L.A. is like, like it's like pinpointed right in the middle. Like you have enough of that Stones kind of a vibe, but there's still an American band. So there's this like and the blue collar sort of is, quality about it. There's this kind of like big sort of L.A. Right. stadium rock element about it. Like it pulls from everywhere. And the great thing is it was it's heavy music that was wasn't um influenced by psychedelia that's the other deal to it just you ha- just pure cocaine <laughs> <laughs> no 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 psychedelics but that's but just cocaine i didn't even mean it like that but i <laughs> yeah. meant it i meant it in the but s- i know what you mean yeah i mean i mean in the sense that um like zeppelin was influenced by vanilla fudge and yeah um, there was a psychedelic element there's to always it. that psychedelia to the early heavy shit right uh, um blue cheers it's very yeah. psychedelic, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. early heavy shit is always steeped in psychedelia. Uh, first Zeppelin album, super psychedelic. Yeah, Days and Confused. The most psychedelic you get on here is Dream On. Yeah, right. I mean, not Dream On. Uh, Sweet Emotion. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but even that one, it's got this it's sort of like it's, it's not at it's all. It's like that hoppy, beady, like like yeah. That's still that leans more that leans more proto heavy metal than it does right like psychedelia. Yeah. So that's the that's the interesting thing about Aerosmith. All that highlight in this book. Um, if we're gonna get like this is the nitty gritty of the book review. Probably about like a hundred pages too long. Okay. Um, some of the like black text intros get a little boring. They're yeah. like, this was what was going on at the time. They're like, the leaves were turning, and the, 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 it's like a little bit. Oh, they go they go Tolkien on you. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little bit too much in some Describe. spots. Um, the pictures were great in here, where it had pictures and it didn't have like the glossies. It's just built right in. So yeah. like, I like. I love that. when books do that. Yeah, me too. I I don't like the glossies. Yeah, at I all. hate that big thick section in the middle of the book. Yeah, because then you it's hard to reference to what you're talking about yeah. and what they're talking about if you need to see the picture. Um, so yeah, it was probably probably like because this is this is a 500 pager. Um, it was probably like 150, 100 pages too long for me, but um, it, great insight. Uh, interviews with the girlfriends also was super great. Uh, yeah. All the girlfriends get – all the wives and girlfriends get their have their opinion felt. Um, also, it's a very interesting um, Liv Tyler, Todd mm. Rundgren uh, thing, which is worth reading about. Um, yeah. It's very interesting. Todd Rundgren was a real stand-up dude in that instance. Um, so – I if I'm gonna give this, are we giving these letter grades or number grades? Are we going one to ten or? Why don't we go letters since we typically go numbers for albums? All right, so, so book. If grade. I'm giving this, uh, as far as the rock and roll, this is like, it's in the '90s. It kind of has that like '90s y like, like tone Tony Hawk like kind of okay, thing going. Okay. Do you know? Does that make sense? I to guess you? X Games. Okay. Like rock and roll. Yeah. Rock yeah, and yeah, roll, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's kind of got that graphic-y wise going on. Like the the chapter headings look really terrible. This page looks Oh, terrible. yeah. I, I know. I know. Yep. All I had to see was that, and I know exactly yeah, you know, what you mean. You, it's like the book is almost stylized like a chicken soup for the soul. <laughs> chicken but, soup for the cokehead. We t- <laughs> Why do we talk about chicken soup for the soul in this podcast all the time? Do we? I talk about it on this podcast. We're a product. All the we're time. listen. We're a product of our era, man. That was on the back of everyone's toilet from like 1998 <laughs> to like 2001. God, but um, everybody it, had that book. Th- those books, I should say. I'm gonna letter it. I'm, I think I'm gonna give it like a um an A minus, just Ooh, okay. because the it's not the structure of it isn't 100 percent there, but the f- the stuff that's in there, like the if you want to know about Aerosmith. This is a great book to learn about Aerosmith. It gets all different opinions. It yep. has managers, record execs, all the people that were involved making yep. the deals. Um, where the band members are like, I don't really know what was going on, but there, the manager will be like, I'll tell you what's going on at this yeah. time. Da, 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 da. Um, if you're a real nerdy, granular person, this book is for you. Aerosmith's Walk This Way, the autobiography of Aerosmith with Stephen Davis. Check it out. It's old as shit. Solid A minus. When did the book come out? Did we give that real quick? It, uh, Does I it have it anywhere? You. It's definitely the, the 90s is. or early 2000s. I will say this just as a parting comment about books like this. 1999. 1999. Um, oh nope. 97. 97. Came out. Okay. And judging by what you told me, it seems like like they that Aerosmith released. Like in other words, I can respect. Or can I also say one more thing before yes. I lose the thought? I'm so sorry. It's kind of got the vibe of like the exploitive uh, VH1 behind the music. Music-y. Okay, it's got that. It's definitely yeah. that vibe. That's the vibe of the book. It's yeah. behind the music is the vibe of the book. So yeah. if you've watched the show, 
it's a very long version of the show. Okay. All right. So but that, I, that's a very fair way. To say. I was going to say, I, 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 at the very least as well, like respect when an artist or a band releases a thing like a bio, like an autobiography or something like that, that shows them warts and all. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, it's like, this is the story as it was told. We know it makes us look bad. Yes. But here it is. Yes. You know, we hope you enjoy it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine is a pink. Um, My latest obsession. Uh, obsession. Um, but going back through through all the hits here, um, yeah. I'd like to also point out that Lord of Your Thighs is still a killer song. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> Pandora's Box is also a great song. <laughs> what, what album is that one on? Uh, Pandora's Box, I think, is on uh, this Get your record. Wings. Uh, yeah, I think it's the closer. Yeah, Pandora's Box is the closer on Get yeah. Your Wings. It's yeah. one of my favorite Aerosmith songs. So Aerosmith, man, check them out. You know, they're 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 classic. To be crude, they're sleazy cock rock. <laughs> but absolutely. But it's, also, it just is what it is. And if you could just, you know, you can enjoy things for what they are. It's okay. Hell yeah. Also, like we shouted out in the show last week, um, the sleaziest lyrics to ever get passed on the radio every day of our lives. Aerosmith's walk this way. Let's have a round of applause for how terribly sleazy those lyrics are. Oh yeah. Can you give us a taste? Can you give us? A- uh, backseat lover? No, no, no. Backstroke lover. Oh, backstroke. I thought it was backseat this all these years. Backstroke lover, hiding undercover. Talk to your daddy, say. You ain't seen nothing till you're down and on the muffin, and you sure be changing ways. Oh, my God. I met a cheerleader, was a real good bleeder, all the times I could reminisce. Oh. But the best thing of loving was her sister and a cousin, and it started a little kiss. <laughs> Like this. It's one of the <laughs> filthiest <laughs> songs ever. Oh, man. The verse it kicks into right that's, after that, that is, is even filthier than what I just said. That's rough to, to hear, like, actually spoken, like, in just words. <laughs> that's so terrible. Oh, my God. Every day on the radio. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, right? Another fun. Because if you let me about... give you another fun one. Okay. Uh, Stop me up. At the oh. end of that song, Mick Jagger says, you make a dead man come yeah, like five times. Every single time you listen to that song on the radio going forward, listen to the say, whole sing, song. Sing along to it when it's playing in the supermarket. Yeah. You, you just be like, I'm just singing the song. Yeah. You make a dead man come. And it gets played every day. Yeah. I hear it every time. They never cut it off. No. It's, they never. It's bizarre. Maybe they think that like, you make a dead man, like you make, like, no, come over here. No, everybody knows what this here. means. Everybody knows what this means. That's yeah. probably the most, that one is so, like, blatant. You though. pointed that out to me, like, I don't know how many years ago. And, yeah, ever since. It's it's this, it's the. um. You you don't hear it. Like, you. how many times did you hear that song? You never heard it. I never heard it until you told me that it's there. And now I can't unhear it it's the same thing with the uh the squeaky drum pedal in uh fucking what's the what zeppelin song is the squeaky since i've been loving you yeah is i have this it's got the squeak yeah before the drum Dum. before the kick yeah, hits yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like ding, like once you know it's there you can never unhear it and every time i hear that stone song i'm like yeah and a walgreens yeah <laughs> you make a damn man come and i'm like i'm here to buy who, like ibuprofen for my sick child who a girlfriend's mom she really? Was like, hey, do you know what Mick Jagger's about to say? You make a dead. <laughs> I was like, what? Jeez. So, 
Oh that was Jagger. fun. If you guys have any um, lyrics you feel are incredibly filthy that get played on the radio every day, please send please them in. comment, yeah. Because, like, it's one of the things I, like, look for in life is when, like, yeah. something gets slipped by somebody. Yeah. Um, well, on that note. On that note. On um, that note, it's been a pleasure. Michael. As always, I don't, I don't like, I don't like doing the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you; it makes me feel uncomfortable. Shout out to what's his name? Mike doesn't want to be train guy anymore. Oh, the train guy. What's his name? Francis Bourgeois. <laughs> I think his name is or something like that. It's that dude that that like waves at trains and stuff. Look him up on Instagram. He's a great follow. But I'm so excited. Listen, I know that I do a good impression of him, but. I didn't want you to do the train guy. Oh, you didn't. I wanted you to make a train noise. Oh, okay, I can do the train noise. That's okay. I didn't want you to make the train guy. Okay, I thought that's what you were asking me for. No, I was going to ask you to throw some coal in that <laughs> fire and get this train out of here. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.